yellow, hello, hello, welcome to Wake Up to the Word, New Testament Friday. So glad that you're here. A little uh, correction from last week, from uh, yesterday. I said it was the 26th because that's when I recorded it on the 26th. Sorry about that. So today's the, you should be getting this, seeing this, listening to this on the 28th is when it is. This is episode 34 New Testament Friday, and we are glad that you are here. Hope you are reading along with us since it is New Testament Friday. I've sent out some new, uh, I've sent out some um, Bible reading plans to some new people who have uh, linked on to wakeuptotheword.org. If you are not there, please go and check that out. You can go to Jeff's stack of stuff, and anytime I reference a document or a website, I will put it in Jeff's stack of stuff, and you'll be able to pull it up for yourself, either that website or that document. You'll be able to print it out, and so that is a tool for you to use and utilize. And this, and also, I sent out the Bible reading plan to those new folks who joined us at wakeuptotheword.com. So glad you're here. If you're just joining us, uh, people are sending me swag, and I got uh Got my uh, Wake Up to the Word t-shirt back there. I got a Wake Up to the Word mug over here. This is my very own mug that I have, my Wake Up to the Word coffee mug, which we drink our breakfast blend Mountain Green. Uh, sorry, Green Mountain Breakfast Blend is the coffee of the week. And that's what I'm drinking for anyone who cares about the coffee of the week. Some people, I didn't give the coffee of the week one Friday, and uh, someone came to me and said, uh, what were you, coffee were you drinking you didn't share with us? So uh, uh, there are some people who care about the coffee, and we're so happy about that. So uh, uh, three cheers for the coffee. All right, so we're going to get into the Word of God. Yeah, we're going to uh, get, get into the... Uh, Our reading for today, Luke 9 and John 6. Luke 9, we got some uh, reruns, uh, as we've talked about in the past, because we're in the Gospels, and there are some overlapping stories. I'm not going to go over those again, but we will talk kind of through what what they are. Uh, Jesus sends out the 12. uh, He calls the 12 together, gathers them, gives them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. And they go out, and their message was the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's uh, that's what they're going out to say. Proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And uh, so that's what those 12 were doing. They were saying Jesus was coming. He's going to follow up with them. And um, as we keep going down, uh, Herod is perplexed by Jesus. He just killed John the Baptist, and we talked about that. Uh, last uh, episode of uh, New Testament Friday, and <clears throat> excuse me, I still got my cough button, so we're uh, that wasn't a real cough, just a throat clearer. So, um, and so he's curious. He's Herod's curious about Jesus, and so that's going to play itself out in the future. Um, Jesus feeds five thousand. We talked about that one, and uh, with the twelve baskets left over, and now Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, and uh, we didn't talk about that. Um, and Jesus foretells his death. So this is a uh, kind of where is it? We get some new information, 
and uh, this is 921, and he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one. Uh, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. So when people tell you that the scriptures do not predict Jesus, Jesus did not predict his death, that's right there. That's where you can say that in Luke chapter 9 and verse 22 is precisely where Jesus uh, prophesied his own death and resurrection. Um, and then again, with the take up your cross and follow me. We talked about that last week, but I'm going to just say it again. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For whoever is ashamed of me. That one snuck up on me. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. But I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And so uh, that was kind of the rumor going on. Um, and and uh, that, you know, some people weren't going to die. Some of the disciples weren't going to die. And so, but what he's really... Talking about there is the transfiguration. You're going to see God in His glory. You're going to see Christ in His glory, and that just ha that happens next. And so this is a cool portion of Scripture. Uh, it's about eight days after this. Uh, he took he took with him Peter and John and James, and they went up on a mountain. Some speculation as to what mountain that is, and uh, um, there's some great information as you. As you uh, uh, look into unseen realm, and um, that uh, that that this mountain is probably um, um, uh, Mariah. Um, um, I can I can get some details on that. I I read about it the other day, so I'm not uh, positive. So, uh, but um, but I believe that's the mountain that that he went up on, and so. Uh, he goes up on that mountain with James and with John and with Peter, and uh, he's transfigured. He, you see him in his glory, and uh, he becomes white. And so let me just read some of that for you. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were, were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, uh, the word exodus in the Greek. Uh, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were uh, heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to James you know, about building the, the building the uh, the uh, tabernacles for them, putting altars for them. But um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, this mountain experience we've talked about this before is that Jesus consistently goes on mountains to pray and and these mountains and garden experience are sacred spaces uh, that God's created we talk about the garden of eden that was a high garden it was both a mountain and a garden um in in the aspect of its time as far as mountains go and um Jesus consistently went up on mountains to be with God, to pray, and consistently uh, uh, cultures would 
would either build altars, uh, build uh, sacred spaces, temples that would rise up. You see uh, pyramids, you see ziggurats. Uh, they're always counterfeit sacred spaces. They're worshiping false gods, but they go back to the point of origin of worship in sacred spaces, which was Eden in Christ, God in Eden with mankind, uh, communing with man, and Jesus continuously communes with God on mountaintops. And so that is a very consistent um, throughout scripture. And so uh, being with God in mountains, in gardens, is, 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 is uh, our... Um, it's not that they're all sacred spaces, but they're symbolic of sacred spaces. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Jesus continues, heals a boy with a, with an uh, evil spirit. <clears throat> he again foretells his death. And then they have this debate, this argument about who's the greatest in the kingdom. And isn't that just like a human beings? We get our ego involved in the kingdom of God. Uh, we get an argument of those who... Uh, who's the greatest. Jesus, uh, knowing the reasons for their hearts, took a child and put him on his side. He said, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who has sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is greatest. So he's just telling us about humility again, to just come in humility. Be a humble servant of God. Um, don't think so much of yourself. Think more of others uh, and, uh, and, and, and be that humble servant of God. That's what he's called us all to be. So, um, the Samaritans, and if you don't know what the Samaritans are, um, Samaritans are that mixture of Jew and Gentile. They're, they're half. Um, and so they're called Samaritans and they didn't like the Jews and the Jews didn't like them. There was a lot of friction between them. And that's why when Jesus was going to go into Samaria, they wouldn't receive him because Jesus was Jewish. So, uh, that if you're unfamiliar with that, that's, that's what we're here for, to give you the details and tell you the whys, um, why things happen, why they read that way, why is this the friction, why, why is, this is racial, it's, it's a completely uh, a racial discrimination type of thing, this is what Jesus came to do away with, so we, um, we want to point those things out. It's important. Jesus is a is not a racial savior. He is a, a savior of mankind. He, uh, not one race over another. Not one color over another. He is the savior of the world, of people, of all people. Uh, we don't discriminate within the kingdom of God. We don't. We don't uh, choose one race over another. We, we give the gospel to all people of all generations, of all races, of all cultures, of all tribes. The church, the universal church is for everyone. And if you don't have that point of view, you're not lining yourself up with Jesus Christ in his kingdom. And you're not following the plan of God. So this is who we are Uh and that's why the cost of following Jesus, as we finish up chapter 9 in, uh, in Luke, is, uh, is hard. And it says, uh, you know, um, I'm going to read through this 57 to the end of the chapter here, 61, 62, excuse me. 
And as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have their nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first, bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury the dead, bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit to the kingdom of God. What does that all mean? <clears throat> he wants to go bury, bury, uh, uh, bury his father. His father, apparently not a believer, dead in spirit, dead in faith. Let the dead bury the dead. Don't worry about that. He says, concern yourself with the living because those are the ones who still have opportunity opportunity to um, come to the kingdom. And the other one wants to go say goodbye to his family. And he says, you know, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. Sometimes we, we, we get off of the path because of our family, because of our relatives. And he's saying, you know, uh, put your hand to the plow and go forward is not fit for the kingdom. What that's a farming. Um, you don't look back when you're farming because you make a crooked line. And so, um, you always look forward when you're when you're plowing, so you go straight, and so uh, that's what he's saying about the kingdom of God. You got to you have to keep advancing forward. If you keep dis getting distracted by family and friends, and then you're 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 all over the place, and and you got to keep moving forward with the kingdom. All right, next we go to John chapter six, and again there's some repeats. Uh, Jesus feeds five thousand. We talked about that. Jesus walks on water. We already talked about that in another section. But uh, uh, I am the bread of life. This is some interesting thing Jesus talks about. Uh, it, it, the setup for it as he goes through the crowd. And, and then we get all the way down to 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then uh, 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. I, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And this is the hang-up, okay? We've got a couple of things going on here, is that some people struggle with the, no one who comes to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws him, is that we have to be drawn by the Holy Spirit, and that's just true. There's general revelation that God gives us in the kingdom of God, and, and, um, the creation of everything, there's general revelation, there's specific revelation within the word of God, there's, uh, uh, we, we're sent out as ambassadors of Christ to share the kingdom of God, and the Spirit, through the Father, the Father, through the Spirit, draws people to himself, and then people come to Christ from there. No one who comes to Christ that I've ever experienced ever ever said to them ever ever said once they receive Jesus once their eyes are open once they they call on the name of Jesus savior once they look back at their life they I've never heard one person say oh yeah I just decided that I was going to do it no it was like Jesus 
touched me here. Jesus spoke to me here. The I saw the spirit move here. I said, someone shared Christ with me here. God was had his fingerprints all the way through it. And that's what people come to realize. And that's what we all need to realize that we're part of that process. And God calls us to be part of that process. Um, but the Jews struggled when Jesus said he was the bread that came down from heaven. And that's 52. It says, the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat. So Jesus said to them, and here it is, truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Kind sounds kind of cannibalistic, doesn't it? Uh, but obviously, Jesus is speaking metaphorically. We need to uh, consume Jesus and his blood sacrifice that he gave himself. We need to fully drink in the truth of who Jesus is. We need to truly consume uh, uh, who he is as the bread of life. It's 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 both a it's it's symbolic. We're not cannibalistic in this, and. Um, and so Jesus gives these symbolic teachings and people get very uh, difficult processing. And I keep coughing. So what happens with that? Verse 60, when many of his disciples heard it, this is a hard saying, who can listen? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about it, said this, do you take offense at this? Uh, then what if we were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Is, is it the Spirit who gives life? The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who were, those were who did not believe, who those were who did not believe, and who it would who would betray him and he said this is why i told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father after this 66 of chapter 6 in john after this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him this was a defining moment in jesus teaching jesus said to the 12 do you want to go away as well? And Peter had the great words. And this is what words we all have to hang on to. Lord, this is 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So whenever you're in a moment of doubt, turn to that page, John 6. 60, 60, 68, 69. And so whenever you come to those places, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You're the Holy One of God. And that's where I'm going to hang my hat. I don't know where you stand, uh, where you go for words of life. Uh, do you know who the Holy One of God is? Do you have a fellowship where you go and hear about God and who he is in Christ and what he's done in the spirit and how he indwells and empowers you for life.
I hope you do. If you live in Flagler County and you don't have a fellowship, come to Life Coach Church. 10.30 Sunday mornings at Matanzas High School Auditorium. We would love for you to be part of the fellowship, be part of the family there, and hear about the truth of Jesus Christ. This has been Wake Up to the Word, and the Word is life. It's Jesus. So uh, keep coming. Keep joining us. We love to have you. Wow, that was a short one, too. Got right to the point, I guess. I don't know if I'm getting too fast or uh, not not doing too much other stuff. So <laughs> you keep joining us. We're going to be back next week. So uh, I'll be back. That's right, Arnold. We will be back. So thank you for letting us know. We'll see you all next week. And wake up to the word. <laughs> <laughs>